I think it's one of the biggest reasons why, you know, relationships fail and like why people get their feelings hurt. Because so many people just create these idealized versions of other people and they're not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it makes it harder for you to connect with someone for who they really are. to episode seven of dorm room ramblings um this series has really started to take off um i am back here again what's so funny huh that's funny it's funny that we're making progress well i actually think it's a good thing so it's just the way you said it well i mean it's episode seven all right moving on my name is Kim Davis Jr. This is Carly Coon, aka a clown. I am. <laughs> I'm no longer the podcast editor. Um, that title uh, is now with Rossika. I am now just a regular podcast producer, and Carly here is a podcast contributor. Lowest of the low. Stuff. Well, let's get the, let's get this thing started. Um, as the title says, everything is fake. Nothing is real. Yeah, nothing is real. I mean, not to be metaphysical, but like, we aren't even real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Time isn't real. Most things are just constructs yeah. when you think about it. So this was your idea, and I really wanted to do it with you. So I want Thank you to kind of... That's really sweet. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I wanted you to start off and kind of get us started. Okay, so this podcast idea came to me when I was in the process of doing something really special. I was sitting alone doing nothing over the summer. And I was like, you know what else is basically nothing? My entire life and everyone else's lives, right? But I saw a news article and it was the one about the cats competing with like stockbrokers and things like that and how they beat them. And I was like, hmm, hmm, nothing's real. The stock market isn't real. We made it up and we don't even know how it works. That's how far most things have gotten ahead of us. Like we created them just on an off day. And now it's like, oh God, how did it, how did we get here? Do you know? I don't know anything about the, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know anything about the stock market or the economy or really anything. But I obviously neither do the stockbrokers because well, they lost to a bunch of cats. Why don't you explain kind of more in depth that article and kind of like what happened? Because you, you referenced that before, but I didn't like fully grasp what you were talking about. Well, basically like men that went to school, you know, highly educated in this one field, they were set up to predict the stock market against cats, basically. And they did their predictions, cats just picked whatever they wanted, and at the end of the experiment, cats better predicted what the stock market was going to do than the men who have been educated and working in this field their whole, you know, not their whole lives. Obviously, they weren't, you know, in utero typing away at a computer and making calls and telling people to go f*** themselves, but, but, you know, the cats, the cats did better. And that makes me think that, you know, it's fake. 
if an animal that's just, you know, clicking whatever looks the best to them, they're not really even thinking about it, can do better. And how can we even say that it's anything that is predictable or an exact science? We can't. So when you say, like, fake, you mean more of, like, a lot of these, like, constructs and, like, societal things that we've built that we're not, we're, like, tied to. And we kind of talked about this before, like, we are tethered to these things because we've built our societies around them. But, like, the things themselves do not exist, correct? Basically, I think when they started, it was, like, real, you know what I mean? But it's the idea of things getting so far ahead of us. Like, in terms of technology, like, we have boomed in just the past 20 years alone. Like, compared 2000 to now, it's insane how much we have changed as a society. But in a lot of ways, we still don't know exactly what to do with a lot of the technology that we've created. And I think it goes for most things that we've created, whether it's, like, tangible, real, like this computer, or just a bunch of graphs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think it's going to definitely come back around and get us. Because, I mean, it's been a trope in movies for years and years that, you know, the robots are going to come back or this is going to rise up and get us. And I'm like, I don't think it's going to necessarily be to that scale where it's like warfare, like us versus a teched out weaponized Mac computer. But I do think that it's going to come to a point where it hurts us more than it helps us. And then we're going to have to use technology to help us to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. What I think, and like we kind of talked about this because we were going to record this earlier, but we weren't able to, um, in terms of like the stock market, like obviously the stock market itself is all theoretical, all, you know, like it, it is a pillar of like the free market that we have in, in the country, right? So in that case, I, I said this the other day, I think it's good for that reason because you and me like in terms of kind of betting on the market you know like if we kind of learn kind of like a lot of the trends and everything and like even though a lot of it is spontaneous what we do know as a fact is that over time the market will grow and like you use that to like combat inflation so that's why a lot of you know you you invest in like low risk investments and like over time they'll grow so like you know like if i invested and that's kind of the thing where like a lot of people are like Oh, if I, if I would have invested in Apple, you know, if I put a dollar in Apple in, you know, 1988 or whatever, and like, just let that dollar grow, I would be a multimillionaire, you know? And that's kind of like the thing about the market is that like a lot of these trends just grow because, you know, inflation and a lot of other economics terms and like, I'm not an economist, so I'm not going to try and like, definitely not. I like you, you speaking, I'm like, Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not, (laughs) right. Write that down. Write that down. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything, but I do know that it's also, you know, a pillar to, like, um, Social Security, you know? And, like, a lot of the, the things that, like, I like about, like, the market, because obviously there are pros and cons. There are people that use the market to, you know, um, the extreme and take advantage of it, like Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, taking advantage of penny stocks, screwing over millions of people. Like, that is bad. But, you know, if you are... A college student and you start investing just over time that money will steadily grow and that's what we do know about the market you know like if I invest in Walmart like something as simple as Walmart 
that money is pretty much guaranteed to grow over time unless something astronomical happens and all the Walmarts are taken out. But I don't think that's going to happen, you know. And that's kind of the thing about the market is how, like, speculative it is. However, it is kind of absurd that, like, we base kind of so much stuff around mm-hmm. it. And they, I think that's kind of what you're pointing on with, like, how yeah. fake and arbitrary it is. But that, like, those, no matter how fake it is, it has real consequences. Like, you know... Great Depression, people committing suicide, a lot of different things, like a lot of real consequences for something that kind of only really exists in our heads. Because most of the money that people get, they don't see it. Mm -hmm. Like they know, like they can check the app that they use on their phone and they're like, oh yeah. But it's steps and steps away from actually having that money at your disposal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it still has such a force on a lot of people's lives. I mean, like, obviously, I personally will probably never invest in stocks and things like that because I am clueless and I don't have the time to not be clueless. So I can't say it'll ever affect me in that way. But like you said, it does take up a lot of space in the free market So, technically, I guess that does affect me, but am I ever really going to grasp it enough to know exactly how it affects me? No. Mm -hmm. But do most people know either? No. (laughs) I I think that's, like, a big problem, is that, like, uh, I always use this example, you know, like, you hear about, like, all these financial criminals, like, on Wall Street and everything, and, like, you know, it's a lot of complicated stuff, and I wish that instead of... You know, they try and teach economics in school, you know, in, like, high school. Like, that was a required school. Dude, I got course. a five on that, and I didn't learn anything. I had no idea what was going on, and I don't think my teacher did either. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, because financial literacy is, like, it's not, and that, that's kind of how the gatekeeping is, you know? It's, like, if we don't teach you what a default, what a Roth IRA is, more about your 401k, taking away pensions, all these certain things then they just keep people down, you know? And, like, I think, kind of to your point, too, about, like, everything being fake, it's, like, it's interesting to, like, me, how, like, human beings have kind of just let a lot of these arbitrary concepts and principles rule us. Oh, definitely. We had, I mean, when we started, like, when Homo sapiens started, not, like, what we descended from, but, like, us as, like, an entire, you know, genus everything. When that happened, we had so many different options. We had so many, like they were, you know, infinite Mm -hmm. in terms of everything that we could do as a civilization and how we would move forward. But we chose to create a world in which, you know, people are just starving, even though there's, you know, an excess amount of food. You know, we have student loans, we pay for parking, all of those things. We chose to do that. But, you know, if we just did, like, four things differently, that could be completely different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if one day we all decided, like, at Texas State, oh, you know what? Paying parking, dumb. We're not going to do it anymore. Like, not even just the students. Obviously, if the students did it, it would be more of, like, a protest. We'd be striking. But, like, if, you know, administration, people in charge of everything, if everyone's like, it's dumb, I don't want to do it anymore, it really serves no point then there would actually be no consequence. Consequences really only exist when a few people decide that it's dumb. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Like, those are the people that are getting fined, and those are the people that getting are getting their cars towed. But if it was more unanimous, then we would realize that all the consequences are fake, too. Well, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I agree. I just, like, you hit, you hit the nail on the head when it's, like, when such a small margin of people, you know? And I think that is the problem, you know? Especially, you know, I'm not going to... Well, I, I will say, you know, obviously... It's apparent how divided we are as a nation, you know, like, and I think that, you know, like uh, on January 6th, when that happened, if maybe, you know, like it was much more people and it was much more organized and concerted effort, that would have had some real validity to kind of how they went against that movement, you know, like if they organized and were like, okay, we're going to do it this way, we're going to have Democrats and Republicans because maybe, you know, the House, they're not really worrying about the people, they're worrying about themselves and, you know, all these old bats and everything. But it was like, no, let's just have all these people from one side cause chaos. Ooga Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the issue, too, is, like, chaos. You know, because as much as, like, I don't like a lot of, you know, the rules and the regulations, it's like, this is what you need to have a, a society, you know? So it's like how can you alleviate a lot of these things in an organized fashion to not have, like, utter chaos? I mean, I feel like half the reason why you feel like it would be chaos is because you've never had the opportunity to experience it any other way. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to imagine what life would be if some of these things were different because we've never had it any other way. And the 20 years that we've been here, it's just been this, 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 this. Like, arguing on that point, it's like you think... Well, without the way that we do healthcare, then there'd be chaos, like da 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 da. But there are so many other places across the world that handle healthcare completely differently, and it runs better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think most of our rules and things like that come from greed, and it comes from a place of selfishness. So those are the people that are like, oh yeah, no, we need this. You guys don't understand. You're nothing without these rules, and you're nothing without us. And that's how they just keep this machine of, like, just random ideas and random practices just going and going and going because they make everyone else believe that there is no other way. Well, I'm not saying that this is the only way or the best way. I, d- I don't believe that. What I'm, what I'm saying is, and especially, like, like, looking at other countries, like, I've, long, I've spoken ad nauseum, um, like, with people on social media about this this country's healthcare. It's an abomination. I went to pick up a prescription um, for my asthma medication. And uh, while I was in line, there was a woman next to me with her daughter. And, you know, she was at the counter and she's trying to pick up the medicine. And the pharmacist is like, uh, it's going to be like $6,000. And the woman was like, um, what? And he's like, I'm sorry. You know, it's just that. And he goes, that's more than my car outside. And then, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, we can't afford this. And, you know, they they left, you know, and that little girl wasn't able to get her medicine. So like, I am no, in in no way, like defending these systems. I'm just saying, like, if we are going to kind of approach this and like, do change to a lot of these like arbitrary things in like our capitalistic free market society, how do we go about changing these things that, you know, are arbitrary and fake? And, like, have, like, a meaningful difference as opposed to, like, living in idealistic. Because, like you said, we are greedy. 
as human beings, as animals, we are fiercely greedy. And like when you have like these idealistic systems that gets capitalized on, like socialism is great in theory, but in practice it gets met, it gets construed and then you have ruthless dictators and you have, you know, terrible working conditions and you have all these other consequences that don't that the the theory of everything working perfectly doesn't factor. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think really one of the biggest ways to, you know, come what's a good word? Just to like, you know, push back against things like that. I think it's like what I said earlier. Like if it's only a few people, major consequences. But I think what we would need is just unity. Like, at its core, like, unity. Like, no one second-guessing, no one doing it for other reasons. Like, I think, like, if we could get to a point, which we probably won't. I mean, like you said, we're very divided. Not even in just our own country. Like, it would be harder for us to connect with someone all the way across the globe. We know that. But I think unity is the only answer. And I think, like the way that we connect with one another is probably one of the realest aspects of life. And I think mainly because it's so universal, like no matter where you are, you're going to be connected to someone else and you're going to care for other people. So I think that that is the key to break out of some of the things that we have allowed ourselves to just stay stagnant in. You know what I mean? We have to take what we know is real and that's like each other and other people's well-being. I think that kind of notion about trying to achieve unity is what many have done like with social media and you look at that which is something that is also fake that yeah i mean yeah i mean like it's it's like i mean by definition the ideas that we're having are fake yeah everything is fake i mean it's it's the truth um but you know, I think that, like, that unity that you, you speak of, you know, it, it's so tough, you know, especially, like, when you really break everything fundamentally down, we are greedy. We like to capitalize on opportunities, even though those opportunities may harm others. And, like, when you just think about that one principle, it explains everything. It explains why, you know, Facebook... Now, you know, just last week, we just had these hearings about how they were using their software to kind of divide. And, like, Google, this mega corporation, kind of how the algorithms kind of dictate how we think. You know, there's a great documentary called The Social Dilemma, where, like, a bunch of people that worked at a lot of these tech companies spoke out against, like, yeah, like, this is a real problem. You know, these people in, like, Palo Alto and the Silicon Valley are literally ruling and, like, determining how the country thinks because mm -hmm. of the code that they're typing in, you know? Yeah, I mean, even, like, if you put information aside, like, even little things like Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram, like, almost every single filter changes your face in just a little way, and you're looking at a version of yourself that isn't real. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mom, like, she always likes to say, oh, you guys are so self-absorbed, like, da-da-da-da-da, you're always taking pictures of yourselves, why do you always have to take pictures of yourselves? And you're like, mom, it's Snapchat, like, you don't get it. I'm banned now, so I get it. I'm, violent. I'm an adult now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got her on Snapchat. Oh, you did? When I went to college. Oh, wow. You know, all through high school, she was like, why are you doing that? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. 
And then she realized that the picture to picture, the video to video is another form of connection. And when I left, she wanted it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's not, it's not real. It's not real. Like, I'm sending you a picture of myself, Kim. And you're like, she looks different. <laughs> but you're not going to say it. You're yeah. never going to say it to someone, like, on Instagram. You're never going to say, you don't look like that in real life. Mm-hmm. Tell Facetune, thank you. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, it's so normalized now that most people are just, like, a different version of themselves online. That it just goes unspoken. Yeah. You're like, your forehead, way bigger. Mm. Way bigger. But on Instagram, I'm going to still tell you you look cute. But I noticed. You know what I mean? That's why I don't. I have not retouched a photo in so long. I don't even post. Because I think it's <laughs> damaging for us as, like, a generation at this point. I don't you know, tweet. Don't you should, tweet. Kim. That one tweet you mentioned earlier. Look, I'll, I'll, put, I'll take your phone. I'll do the grammar. That tweet was a banger. <laughs> not going to lie. But, you know, it's either just be like, you know what? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's fake. Even like, even then, like harmless things have consequences. Now, there's yeah. always going to be one person that's like, ah, "You left out this part." Did you see that tweet about like, you know, that people are like online when they're like writing normal things because they put so many things to try and like, what? Are, what? I can't remember how they worded it. It's like they give all of this background information. It's like they're setting up an argument, like a pre-argument to save them. Because on Twitter, like, you'll just say, like, oh, I like, I love pancakes. And then someone will be like, sir, you're saying you hate waffles? You hate waffles? Don't you, Kim? You hate waffles? You hate waffles? Mm-hmm. You're like, no, I didn't say that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people, like, put so much of their own narrative mm-hmm. on other people. Again, all those people, not even real yeah. at that point. Because it's just, like, you're not tech, like, my version of you... <laughs> My, my version of you could be, like, all the way over there yeah. compared to where you think mm-hmm. you are. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, Kim's this, Kim's that, and you're like, I don't agree. I know who I am. You don't know who I am at all. And that's another thing, too. It's like, people, nobody really knows who you are except for you. And you know? some people don't even exactly a lot of people don't know who they are and it's like i allow you to know me the ex- like you know me to the extent that i allow you to know me mm-hmm. you know because yeah. there's certain things about me you will never know there's certain things about me and that, i don't want to know them anyway it's fine Kim. you know it but it's just it, it's crazy to, to think about you know because you think and that's the thing where it's like oh you, you think you know a guy it's like, no, he showed you the parts that he wanted you to know, so you think you yeah. know them. The, my mom and I's biggest motto is when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Like, there's no point. Like, you're just, you know, wasting your own time to mm-hmm. try and be like, well, well, let me think. Let me try and, like, create this other version of them that I'm more comfortable with or that I'm more attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the biggest reasons why, you know, relationships fail and, like, why people get their feelings hurt. Because so many people just create these idealized versions of other people and they're not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it makes it harder for you to connect with someone for who they really are because you're too busy trying to preserve this other person that you've been trying to get to know for the past year. But in reality, this guy doesn't exist. This is the guy that you're, you know, hanging out with. And then you have Kim number two hanging out in the corner and you're like, (laughs) I was going to say, 
you want to know what else isn't real that kind of perpetuates that? Movies. They're not real. Like, they're fundamentally, like, fake. Every bitch got a rom-com moment. It, it's like... And then they get one, and they're like, this is so corny. He's so corny. Like, da 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 Yeah. I'm like, what do you want? It's like, in in a, a, a famous trope in movies is, like, the attractive guy kind of, like, semi-stalking a woman to get her attention. And then once he gets their attention, it's like, oh, hey. And it's like, oh. Oh, I've never noticed you before. It's like, you're here again, aren't you? It's like a flirtatious thing. Yeah. As opposed to if that was real, it'd be like, get away from me. You know? Like, I don't want you. This is strange. My coworker's walking into my car now. Thanks. Great. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. It, it, And, like, people really look at a lot of these perceptions, you know, like, in, in a lot of rom-coms, too, like, both, uh, like, the male and female, typically, I mean, that's Hollywood. Normally, the male and female, they, they might have, like, super eccentric jobs. And, like, they might do, like, really elaborate things. They're both beautiful people. Hallmark you movies. Know? It, it's like they, they, they purposefully, like, accentuate all these things. So then you seeing that, you're like, man, you know, I, I work in sanitation. You know, yeah. I have a scar on my face. Do I yeah. not deserve love? Because I don't look like these people yeah. would do what they do. It's not like Stacy's mom just died and she's going back home for the holidays. But her like, and then it's like, but the public library is like about to be shut down by this, you know, corporate millionaire that wants to tear it down and build a fucking apartment complex. But it turns out he's not a bad person. He's just misunderstood and he has a heart of gold. Yeah. You know, Stacy really just understands him for him, and then they get married in the hometown, and she never leaves, and she's just stuck there for the rest of her life, even though she used to be a lawyer in New York. Mm-hmm. That's how it always happened. Yeah. But that's not real. Really? Who's going for the public? No, actually, no. Public libraries are probably on their way out. You think so? The yeah. Public libraries no, are real. Public are libraries real. are real. They're, like, one of the best places ever. Mm-hmm. But... I've been seeing a lot of people talking about them lately. I haven't heard, like, a lot of people, I haven't seen or heard anybody be like, you know what, you know, public library's great, you know about all the things that they do for people? Oh, like, you know, New York, like, they're, they're canceling, like, uh, late fees and, like, you know, debting people for, like, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, why are we talking about libraries? Because, you know, usually when things start getting hyped up and talked about, suddenly they're ripped away. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I lived in the public library when I was little. Mm. But, like, a lot of people are talking about how, like, you know, everyone's welcome into the public library. It's where everyone can get resources no matter what. Like, anyone can come in and use a computer. Like, people can get Wi-Fi, da-da-da-da-da. It's kind of like the smart version of, like, a coffee shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. But... I don't know. I I found it weird that as soon as things are getting talked about, suddenly they're gone. Mm. But there's also the idea of, like, another fake thing. You know how, like, there's, like, tragedy actors that go on the news? Like, you know. And and they just, like, act and they say what happened and they do all this and they do all that. You watch that one and a couple years later you're in a completely other state and it's talking to the same girls there and you're like, oh. She has bad luck. No, she's getting a bag. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, like, it's the way that so many things are just manipulated. Mm -hmm. Like, people will zoom in on, like, news, the cast, and be like, oh, my God, 
did you see that person disappeared? I'm like, this is edited. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, this is, I'm, I'm actually happy. This is a perfect segue. This is like, in terms of like news and kind of that realm and like it, the news itself isn't fake. It's very real. Most of the time, you know, I'll say most fake of news, Kim. Yeah, I mean, fake news. A, a lot of the news and like the media. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. Generally, the media tries their best to be as fair. Oh, they, you're they being try. Nice. You're being very nice. I, I didn't say they do it. I said they attempt. Um, but anyway, my point is that like, in terms of things being fake, some things that happen might as well be fake to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I gave this example. Like, if a hurricane is happening in Guatemala, right? Unless maybe you're Guatemalan or maybe, you know, you have family that's from there or you wanted to live there. Maybe maybe you like... It doesn't really affect you, you know? Don't fixate on it, you know? And look, that is really... That's a messed up thing to say because it, it's like saying, like, Oh, what? Like, just because this thing happened, it doesn't affect you. What, it's fake? I'm not saying that. The consequences of these events are very real, and they should be taken very seriously. What I'm saying is, that doesn't directly affect you. So it might as well be fake to you. Like, you can know about it. Like, the things that were going on in um, the Middle East with Israel and Palestine and the Taliban and, um, was it Pakistan? Oh, no, uh, I think it was, it was, uh... The things that were happening with the Taliban. I'm just going to generalize the Middle East because a lot of things were happening in the Middle East recently. They were terrible. They were atrocities. They were messed up. At the same time, I don't have any family there. You know, like I can care. Like I think it's it's terrible what happened. You know, I would love to donate money. But in the grand scheme of things, there's not really much I can do. I can't do very much to help. That Hurricane Guatemala, if I'm not getting on a plane and going over there to provide aid and help those people, there's not much else I can do. So at the same time, I can't stress myself every single day <laughs> about it. And look, that is a very, very... Kim sending thoughts and prayers. They're I'm going to fix everything. I'm being brutally honest. Because it's like, if you... If you can help, help. If you can't, you can't. And if you can help and you're going to help, then that has a legit legitimate tangible effect on you. If you, for example, let's say you had like a family member die in the Middle East, that would by proxy affect me because I'd be like, oh God, like my friend Carly, you know, this is affecting her. A friend of uh, both of ours, uh, he was very upset because of what was happening in Palestine and Israel because that is part of like his culture. And I was like, by proxy, I was like, oh, then this is now affecting me. Because I want to make sure he's good and, you know, like talk about things. And you're and help. supporting him in yeah, the best way you can. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I can't let, I can't be depressed by things that I can't affect mm -hmm. and let those things affect the things that I can affect, which is, you know, us and the camera and the podcast and this building and everything else. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But here's, here's how people feel as if they can be a part of it and they can have some kind of impact, but it actually is one of the fakest things that's plaguing our generation right now the petitions man mm. oh my god like you signing end the war in palestine like stop this no one over there is gonna read that it's yeah. not doing anything 
And when you donate, most of the time, that doesn't do anything either. Unless it's like, my dog is dying, he needs a surgery, please donate. Then it's like, and that's like someone in your community, then it's like, yeah, okay. But in terms of like, large, large issues, signing things that takes like two seconds, it's more of like a way to make yourself feel better for not being able to do anything. It's like this band-aid for a wound that you didn't even really experience. Yes. Posting a, a thing on your Black Instagram. Black square. Yeah. Yellow square. Uh, Come on. Yellow square. On your Instagram story for 24 hours, kind of knowing that it'll go away. Mm -hmm. It can only be there. Infographics. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake, you know? It's more for you than anyone else. That's I stopped. I, I stopped doing that because I kind of had that realization. I was like... I never started. Good for you. Thank your you. big brain. Thank you. I mean, I mean... Some of the stuff, though, I, I will say, you know, being black during, like, a lot of the BLM stuff, that did affect me. And, like, I was, because I was, like, I am have to grow up in a racist America. When, okay, so, since you are black and you did experience that, how did you even feel, like, about, like, other people posting and, like, you know, the infographics, like, when you see things like that, how does that make you feel? Because, obviously, like, it's different for me because I'm white and I'm, like... yeah. Okay, come on. I will say, um, during that time especially, because a lot of people showed their true colors. So it did kind of show me kind of who was, what people's headspaces were at. Because some people would be like, you know, I support, like, I'm, I'm, I, I, this is really messed up what's happening, and I want this to be better. And it came from a place of people being genuine. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, people were like genuinely like, yeah, you're. This is way overblown. This is a. This is like stop. Like yeah, it, that what happened was messed up. But like, it doesn't like it was a blip. And then you go, oh okay, that's that's how you feel, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. So I will say in that sense that that was kind of that point. Um. I feel now, you know, like kind of removed and like away from that mentality because that was kind of like a. A pandemic mentality you know being isolated mm -hmm. and literally only having social media be your reality yeah because you're all you're inside and that was day. damaging i mean because yeah. for me i know you also like i didn't go anywhere i didn't see any of my friends mm -hmm. for half a year yeah. like i was totally locked down mm -hmm. and you were basically the same like you really yeah, only yeah. saw like natalie who was also being just as careful and that was maybe once a month yeah and like it was hard because mm -hmm. most people they were, like, living life like it was nothing. And you're going through Snapchat. And then, like, on Instagram stories, it's, like, you know, people out together, people doing things. Infographic, BLM, people out doing things, people <laughs> together, people together. You're sitting there, like, I can't even go to a protest. I can't even leave my house. Yeah. All these people are, like, getting mimosas together. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think that's kind of, like, the duality of it. And I'll, I'll kind of just say this because we, we have to go um, in a second. I will say that I'm not saying that things that don't affect you are fake because they do have real consequences and they can affect you. And I think that that's part of being a human being and having empathy. Is it affecting you? What I'm saying is you can't let a lot of the stuff that you can't control consume you mm -hmm. and then have that affect your reality because there's nothing you can do. If there is something you can do and it can uh, kind of like directly affect you, do something, you know? 
I don't think there's a problem with being empathetic and feeling bad, you know? Because mm-hmm. like I said, being I feel... Being empathetic and being sensitive is a gift, but it also is kind of like a double-edged yeah. sword. Yeah. I would know. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> and, um, and, you know, at the same time, like, although I feel like kind of now, you know, if you can't really have an effect on something and it's not directly kind of impacting you, then you are kind of like virtue signaling on some sense on social media by doing that. But at the same time, I've done that before. So I can't be like hypocritical in my thinking or in what I'm saying because I've done it before. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that kind of now I feel as if if you can kind of contribute in a meaningful way, do that. Mm-hmm. If you can't, it's okay to just kind of focus on your reality, focus on your family, focus on your loved ones, focus on what you got to do because... Control the controllables. Precisely. Yeah. I think another parting message, I mean, since this is such a social media ran world, just to really reiterate it, it's not real. Most of the people I know, like, still with COVID and, like, just the transition to college, anything, there are nights when you're eating at the dining hall alone. There are times when, like, you are alone in your room, everyone else is out, you can't do anything, you're just sitting there, you haven't showered in four days. You're miserable. You're like, oh my god. And then you look on social media and you see all these people, like, you know, their bikini pics at the beach, drinking nights with their friends, parties where they're all dressed up as a theme. Those are all highlight reels. No one, a girl is never going to go on Instagram and, like, post the pics she hated the most out of the 200 that she took. No one is going to do that. No one. But when you view it from a place where you're at a low and you're seeing someone else's high, it can feel devastating, it can feel alienating, all of that. But it's not real. That's just one tiny aspect of that person's life that you are clinging on to because you feel like you can't compare. But there are days when someone else might envy you and what you post. You know what I mean? It's all relative. And it's all fake. So I think social media is a disease. (laughs) On that note... (laughs) If you want to hear more about social media, go back to the last episode and hear Rasika and Bailey talk about it. Oh, very nice, Cam. Yeah, absolutely. This was a very good discussion. I think we we covered a lot of ground. (laughs) We were all over the place. But, you know, structure is fake, too. Say whatever you want. Absolutely. Hey, you're watching this on a fake platform right now. Like, get a life. And with that, I think that's going to do the episode. Thank so, you, Kim. Pleasure doing business with you. It's been a yeah, it's been an honor. Um, thank you everyone for watching. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>